On this episode of Fantasy NFL Today, week one is finally here as we get ready for Thursday night football kickoff between the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But before we get to that, I have our first ad drop episode. I know mostly everyone has wrapped up their fantasy drafts, but like most things in the NFL, things change quickly. I have some guys that you might not be too excited about that have landed on your team that we might be able to drop. And I have a bunch of guys that might be floating around on your waiver wire that you should immediately grab. Who to add? Who to drop? You won't want to miss it. And it all starts now. Welcome to Fantasy NFL Today, presented by HoopBall. Today is Wednesday, September 8th. I am your host, Anthony Germain, and you can find me on Twitter at the Talking Sunday handle. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-G, Talking Sunday, all one word. And the time has finally come. Football is here as we enter week one of the regular season. We made it, guys. We are here. The big moment the big stage is set for everybody as the regular season kicks off tomorrow night with the Dallas Cowboys taking on Tom Brady and the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, what better way to kick off the season, right? The Dallas Cowboys, America's team, the hard knocks darlings versus the GOAT. Tom Brady and that Buccaneers team is back with the same fully loaded roster as last year. It's actually pretty incredible. The fact that they were able to retain all of their players after winning a Super Bowl. But I guess when you have a quarterback that continuously takes pay cuts because the guy doesn't care about money. Tom Brady does not care about getting paid. He cares about being the best. That's why I love Tom Brady. There's a lot of haters out there, but you have to admire what he does. Seven Super Bowl rings. Seven championships is the best out of any sport. Michael Jordan has six rings. Tom Brady has seven. And now he wants eight, possibly nine or ten. The man does not age. In fact, it looks like he ages backwards. He's got a case of the Benjamin Button disease. But anyway, that is for tomorrow. We will cover tomorrow's kickoff game on tomorrow's episode. And then Friday, we'll have our big show. The show I'm most excited for, and you should be excited for as well. We're going to cover start and sit for your fantasy rosters as we head into the weekend. We're going to have a special segment called Lock It Up, where I will give you my best picks against the spread, the total, or any type of player props we might be looking at. We're also going to have a true betting expert come on every single week. I mean, this guy has been in the business for years. A true old schooler that really knows his stuff still comes out profitable year in and year out. And then we will cap off the show with a segment I like to call Turtle Power. It will be myself with three other players as we each select one game against the spread per week. Our team will be competing in a pool with about 300 other teams and the top 10% get paid out at the end of the year. It's a very, very competitive tournament, very hard to place. After doing this for about four years, last year we finally placed seventh overall and got paid out. 
Real exciting stuff for Friday's show as we will cover everything you need to know for your fantasy teams. And also, if you're interested in the gambling market, you won't want to miss this show. But before we get to all that good stuff and before we get to Thursday Night Football, I wanted to get off a short pod here for your week one ad drops. I know everyone just drafted or just wrapped up their drafts about a week or two ago. And there's not much out there or it doesn't seem like there's much out there on your waiver wire. But if you find that your bench or your reserve players are not as strong as you would like or there's really no upside or potential there and you just have some guys sitting there that you don't want on your team, then hopefully this episode can help you out a bit. Remember, after you've been able to solidify your starting lineup through your draft, you really want to fill your bench with players in position to boom at some point during the season. Somebody that can take over the running back position. Somebody that might take over as the RB1 as we go deeper into the season. A wide receiver that might not be listed as a starter now, but has potential to be a wide receiver too as the season goes on. Maybe a tight end or a quarterback that has potential to finish higher than their ADP. So some guys that might be on your roster that might be worth dropping. Somebody like tight end Tyler Higby, as he serves more as a blocking tight end for the Rams. He's really not going to get you over the hump. He's not someone you're going to start week in and week out at your tight end position and expect points. Yes, he'll have a boom game here or there like last year in week two against the Eagles when he had three touchdowns and everybody thought this guy was the next big tight end. He'll probably have another game like that. But as a consistent starter at your tight end position, you're wasting your time with somebody like Tyler Higbee. Joshua Kelly, I've seen a lot of people draft the running back on the Chargers. With Austin Eckler and now Josh Jackson picking up some steam, Joshua Kelly doesn't really serve too much value. Tyson Williams, the running back on the Baltimore Ravens, was a very popular waiver wire ad about a week ago. We already know what happened with J.K. Dobbins. And now with a recent injury to Justice Hill... You might think Tyson Williams is valuable being the RB2 on that team, but Gus Edwards is still projected to be the RB1 for the Baltimore Ravens, and the team just signed Le'Veon Bell yesterday to the practice squad. It wouldn't surprise me at all if Le'Veon Bell is immediately thrusted into a major role with that team. Yes, he has shown decline over the last two years, and Andy Reid cut him, which is never a good sign, but I have a hard time. A real hard time believing that they're not going to use a veteran presence like Le'Veon Bell, at least as the RB2 on that team. A couple other running backs that you might be able to part way with. I've seen a couple teams draft Malcolm Brown or David Johnson. David Johnson at this point in his career is nothing but a shell of himself. Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay, the two other backs there in Houston, are expected to see the bulk of the carries. So I know David Johnson has a big name, a big premier name because of what he did four or five years ago, but we have to let that go. At this point in his career, he's nothing more than boomer bust. He might get a few goal line carries, but he's not somebody you can rely on to slot in as your RB2 or your flex. So in my opinion, it might just be better to cut ties now. We have Latavius Murray, who's also another popular running back that was drafted in a lot of drafts. He was very serviceable for the Saints last year as Alvin Kamara's backup, and if anything were to happen to Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray was valuable, but he was just cut yesterday by the New Orleans Saints. And if you're thinking he's going to get picked up by another team, you might not be wrong. 
But don't forget, he's 31 years old now. And most running backs, once they hit the 30-year-old marker, usually fall off the cliff. If he was still spry, still explosive, and still this big back that we want to believe he still might be, Sean Payton wouldn't have cut him. I think some team will definitely pick him up. They will take a chance on him. It, the Baltimore Ravens might even do that still. Even though they already signed Le'Veon Bell, the Baltimore Ravens might still sign somebody like Latavius Murray. But no matter where he goes, he's going to resume the role as a backup running back. And on your rosters right now, with the list of people that I'm about to say that you can add, Latavius Murray is not worth a roster spot. Someone else you can drop is T.Y. Hilton. Again, another big name for what he's done in the past, but at this point, he just is that. He just is a celebrity in the fantasy football community. He just has a premier name, T.Y. Hilton. He's a little older now, like we just discussed with Latavius Murray and David Johnson, and he's listed as the fourth starter behind wide receivers Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, and Zach Paschal. And like we just discussed with tight end Tyler Higby, T.Y. Hilton might have a few boom games, a few here, a few there, but you're not going to be able to predict it, making him useless. Just don't waste the spot. His prime days are behind him. He's not all of a sudden going to resurrect his career and have this big year. And he's not even a safe option at this point. He's not a safe player that you can plug in and expect five to seven points. You really don't know what you're going to get. You're probably going to get the lower end of points. He's probably going to get three to five catches a game and that's about it. All he is going to do is cause your team headaches and frustration. Another wide receiver, although very young, I would not want on my team. The wide receiver I'm talking about is Cole Hardman on the Kansas City Chiefs. Just like T.Y. Hilton, he is the fourth option in that offense. The offense goes through Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, leaving Cole Hardman as the fourth option on that offense. We've seen over the last couple years that the wide receiver two on the Kansas City Chiefs is not reliable. That's not an option that you want to plug in. You don't want to plug in Cole Hardman as your wide receiver two every single Sunday. It's going to drive you crazy. Again, he will probably have a couple boom weeks, but boom or bust in a 12-man standard half-point PPR redraft league is not what you want. You don't want boom or bust because you can't predict the boom games. You're most likely 70% of the time going to have the bust games. It's going to be a very frustrating process for you, so stop wasting your time and just cut ties. If you drafted him in round seven or eight, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you, but we tried to say this on the pod all summer long. We warned you about me, Cole Harmon. We warned you about the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's okay. If you want to give Hardman some time, give him three to four weeks, go for it. But I'm here telling you it's going to be, again, a very frustrating process. I would just cut ties now. And now I have some guys that are worth adding that might be floating around on your waiver wire or free agent list, some guys that have some value, some guys that might boom later in the year. And most of these guys aren't players that you're going to start right away. You're going to stash them. You're going to wait for them to blossom and possibly take over as the season draws out. So let's start with three running backs that I have seen floating around on the waiver wire. 
Number one, and if this guy is still floating around on your waiver wire or free agency list, I recommend that you pause this podcast right now and go add him this second. As we just discussed with running back Latavius Murray being cut by the New Orleans Saints, Tony Jones Jr. now presumes the role as the backup running back to Alvin Kamara. Evidently, he showed enough during the preseason to send Latavius Murray packing, especially in that game against the Baltimore Ravens when he ran for 82 rushing yards on seven carries and one touchdown. I thought he looked pretty good. I have stashed him in most of my fantasy leagues, and we've seen in the past what the backup running back in New Orleans is capable of. Latavius Murray, during his last two seasons as the backup for the New Orleans Saints, has averaged over at least 800 all-purpose yards and has gotten anywhere between five to six touchdowns during those two seasons. So adding Tony Jones is a viable option, especially with the running back position being so thin. If anything were to happen to Alvin Kamara, you now suddenly have the Saints starting running back who again looked good during the preseason. And even if Alvin Kamara stays healthy the entire season, you still have a solid option at the flex position. We've seen how the Saints use their running backs in the past. We know Jameis Winston is the starter, but they're not going to abandon Taysom Hill. With Taysom Hill in there at quarterback, we'll see an uptick in Tony Jones' production like we saw with Latavius Murray last season. Another great running back, in my opinion, to add right now is the New York Jets running back Ty Johnson. Tevin Coleman is listed as the starter based on his familiarity with the new offensive scheme that the Jets are implementing. So because of the veteran experience, he gets the nod. But at this point in time in 2021, Ty Johnson is clearly the most talented running back on that team. I know I pumped up Michael Carter, the rookie running back out of UNC, and I still like Carter a lot. But like most rookies, it's going to take some time to get acclimated to the NFL. And if we're talking about the first half of the season, Ty Johnson is the running back to own. And don't forget, because this new offense is being implemented, it comes from the Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, Kyle Shanahan scheme. They're going to run the ball a lot especially with a rookie quarterback who looks great, by the way. I love Zach Wilson. I think he's in that bucket for rookie of the year. But with any rookie quarterback, usually comes a heavy run scheme. And it's already built to be a heavy run scheme. Tevin Coleman over the years has proven that he can't stay healthy. So he's almost guaranteed to miss time here and there. But Ty Johnson is sneaky. He's not sexy. Nobody wants a jet Go pick up Ty Johnson and take a chance on him. He has potential to be someone like a James Robinson was last year. And that's really what it's all about. It's all about potential. It's all about being in position to boom. You don't want to sit on guys like David Johnson or Malcolm Brown or Latavius Murray. You want to pick up a guy like Ty Johnson who has the talent and is in the best position to succeed. Tevin Coleman's a little older. Rookie Michael Carter might take some time to come along. And also, as much as I love Michael Carter, he's smaller. He's a smaller guy. He's not your typical bell cow. This guy that I'm talking about is thick. He's 5'11 and weighs 210 pounds, and he's got some serious wiggle to him. So like I said, all you're really trying to do is stash your bench with potential 
or dart throws. So that's all these people really are. Tony Jones is a little more reliable because, again, from what we've seen from the backup running backs in New Orleans, but Ty Johnson is more of a dart throw with potential to be this year's James Robinson. Another running back that I've pumped up before your drafts that is still floating around in a lot of leagues is the New England Patriots running back Ramadre Stevenson. The Patriots have parted ways with Sonny Michelle, shipped him off to the Los Angeles Rams, which significantly boosts Damian Harris's stock. But now Ramadre Stevenson is the back to keep your eye on and the back to go out and pick and stash on your bench. We all know how the New England Patriots use their running backs. We're most likely going to see Damian Harris have big games all year long, but you know for a fact that Bill Belichick is going to start Ramadre Stevenson or James White from time to time. Now, depending on how Ramadre Stevenson does, you know, he'll get more playing time as the season goes on. But the reason I have him ranked below the other two running backs we just talked about is because it really is unknown how Bill Belichick will use the running backs as the season goes on. But I still like Ramadre Stevenson because, like we just talked about with Tevin Coleman, Damian Harris, the starting running back for the Patriots, has trouble staying healthy as well. So if anything were to happen to Damian Harris, the Patriots would then be forced to start somebody like Ramadre Stevenson, somebody that's as big as him, somebody that can handle a bell cow type work. We're always going to see James White take receptions or carries away from no matter who the starter is. They love those type of backs. They love scat backs that can go out, run routes, catch the ball. You know, those utility backs, those Swift Army knife guys. Those guys are never going to go away in this offense. But when it comes to a bigger physical bell cow type back, Ramadre Stevenson right now will play the role of that type of backup to Damian Harris. So he does have value as a stash on your bench. Tony Jones, Ty Johnson, Ramadre Stevenson. If any of those running backs are floating around, on your waiver wire, go out and make the ad. The running back position is very thin. We see the running backs get hurt all the time, but you have to remember how valuable it is to have good, solid running backs on your fantasy teams. Some wide receivers that might be floating around out there for you to add. If this guy, my number one sleeper of the year, is floating around, again, pause the podcast and go at him right now. The guy I'm talking about is rookie wide receiver Elijah Moore on the Jets. Every draft that I've been in, he has been selected and is currently on somebody's roster, if not mine. The only reason why he might still be available in your league is because he's been injured during the preseason and we haven't seen him on the field that much. I think currently he's not listed officially as the starter, but I just saw a report this morning or last night that he will be starting this Sunday against the Carolina Panthers. Again, this guy is just the next product coming down the pipeline from Ole Miss. We've seen DK Metcalf and AJ Brown have sustained success at the NFL level. And now we get Elijah Moore, who I have not heard one negative thing about the kid from from coaching staff, from NFL players, from college players, from college coaching staffs. Not one single person has one bad thing to say about him, so go at Elijah Moore. Three other rookie wide receivers that might be floating around on your waiver wire, wide receiver Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman, and Terrace Marshall. Rondell Moore will be heavily involved in that Arizona Cardinals air raid offense. Yes, they added A.J. Green, but he is as old as dust now. 
We saw the decline in A.J. Green with the Cincinnati Bengals last year, and they let him go. So the Arizona Cardinals are taking a shot on him, but I don't think it's going to pan out like they want it to. Rondell Moore, very short, boomer, busty, but we're scraping the bottom of the barrel now, the sludge down there. And I'm not saying he's a sludge player. He has potential to be a very good player. I think when he was 18 years old, as a freshman for the Purdue Boilermakers, he absolutely crushed it. And that's always a great sign of success at the NFL level. The younger the player breaks out, the more likely they are to succeed at the next level. And with as many times as the Arizona Cardinals throw the ball, it's a good option. It's a good stash. Rashad Bateman, the rookie wide receiver on the Baltimore Ravens, was a highly touted prospect coming into this year's draft but the problem is he went down with a significant injury at the start of training camp causing him to miss about a month to a month and a half of the regular season there's still problems with the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson throwing the ball he's not the most accurate especially throwing outside the numbers but Rashad Bateman has that prototype alpha number one wide receiver type of body He's somebody that if you're lacking depth at the wide receiver position, you can stash, maybe even throw in your IR spot and wait. Wait for him to come back because he has potential to boom and be a premium option in that offense. The rookie wide receiver Terrace Marshall on the Carolina Panthers is listed currently as the third wide receiver behind DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Another wide receiver that's thicker, has a bigger frame, comes from LSU, you know, we've seen all the talent that comes out of LSU. I don't know what it is about that school, but they have a knack for producing top talent in the NFL. Terrace Marshall is the next one coming down the pipeline from them, and he has familiarity with his offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. They played in the same offense together in that LSU championship in 2019 where they absolutely shattered records. So the fact that he knows his offensive coordinator, his offensive coordinator knows him, he might get ample opportunities to produce in that offense. Some other guys that might be floating around, Paris Campbell on the Colts. Again, I've talked about him in the past. He's in my top 10 sleeper wide receivers of the year. He has potential to take over as the true number one receiver in that Colts offense. Michael Pittman had that opportunity last year and didn't really do too much with it. Remember, Paris Campbell was drafted in the same draft as wide receiver Terry McLaurin on the Washington football team, except Paris Campbell went in the second round one round earlier than Terry McLaurin in the third round. So the talent is there, and he was primed to have a breakout season last year before going down with a season-ending injury in week one. And in his rookie season, Andrew Luck had abruptly retired, leaving the team with Jacoby Brissett. So Paris Campbell more than likely is floating around on your waiver wire as a true potential number one wide receiver. Brian Edwards with the Las Vegas Raiders is another option to go add. He's the tallest and biggest receiver on the team and he's listed as a starter. Jacoby Myers on the New England Patriots is also another receiver to consider. And now for the barren wasteland of tight ends. I've talked about tight ends extensively throughout the summer. A lot of these guys are still floating around. Guys like Seattle's tight end, Gerald Everett, Titans tight end, Anthony Fersker, Saints tight end, Adam Troutman, Mo Alley-Cox on the Colts, Cole Komet on the Bears, and someone to definitely start and keep an eye on is the Rams tight end, Jacob Harris. Like I talked about before, 
with Tyler Higby. I think he's going to serve mostly as the blocking tight end on that team. And the Rams went out and used the fourth round pick on wide receiver Jacob Harris out of UCF. Yes, wide receiver converted to tight end. It's a current trend going on in the NFL, and we're seeing a lot of success with it. Darren Waller was a former wide receiver converted to tight end, and look at what he is doing. I will say this is a bit of a long shot, but the Rams rarely miss on their late round picks, and Sean McVay has publicly stated that he needs a receiving threat at the tight end position, and Jacob Harris can be that. I'm not advocating to go out and pick Harris up right away, but someone to certainly keep an eye on as a tight end that can potentially boom. Anthony Ferkser on the Tennessee Titans is a sneaky pickup, especially in week one as he goes against the Arizona Cardinals defense. He should see about a 22% target rate within that offense. Just to put that in perspective, Mark Andrews on the Baltimore Ravens sees about a 25% target rate in that offense. So he should get a lot of targets and we might get to see him expose that Arizona Cardinals defense in the first week. Adam Troutman with the New Orleans Saints was another tight end that was pumped up through the fantasy community all season long. And just like Rashad Bateman, we saw him sustain an injury in one of the preseason games. And now he has fallen off the cliff and everyone seems to have forgotten about him. Remember, the Saints offense is a little bleak right now. Michael Thomas will not be in the lineup for at least two months. And we've resorted to Marquez Callaway as the wide receiver one. And who's the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints? Who was named the starter? Jameis Winston and what did Jameis Winston do with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers best fed the tight end over and over we've seen Jameis Winston operate with tight ends at a high success level guys like Cameron Bray and OJ Howard during his days with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers go for over 500 yards and six to seven touchdowns Adam Troutman was one of the more highly touted tight ends coming out of the 2020 drafts when the Saints took him in the third round. But since he went down with the injury, we didn't get to see him on the field. And again, everybody has forgotten about him. But in reality, he's still around. He avoided a very serious injury and he might even start this weekend. So if you don't have one of the big or small three tight ends and you're playing on the tight end carousel or you're streaming tight ends, Go out and stash Adam Troutman and wait and see if he does anything. Mo Alley Cox on the Indianapolis Colts is another great option at tight end to stash. For the life of me, I can't understand why people aren't drafting Mo Alley Cox. I know they list Jack Doyle as the starter, but we saw what Mo Alley Cox did last year when given the opportunity. And like Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz. What has Carson Wentz done best during his time with the Philadelphia Eagles? Well, his favorite target was tight end Zach Ertz, and we've seen Zach Ertz ascend into that superstar tier, and on top of it, Carson Wentz is reunited with his old offensive coordinator, Frank Reich, who's now the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. So there's ample opportunity here for Wentz to build good chemistry with his tight ends, and I don't think it's going to be Jack Doyle. And last, some quarterbacks that might still be available in your league. A lot of great safe guys are out there. So if you really missed out on quarterback or you're not feeling too hot about your quarterback, make sure you're searching the waiver wire for guys that are safe that have great matchups. We have Kirk Cousins that's still floating around out there going against the Cincinnati Bengals in week one. The Bengals defense is one of the worst in the league. So there's a great matchup for Cousins. 
Derek Carr is still floating around out there. I think Derek Carr finished as the QB 11 or 12 last year. Again, a very safe option. If you stacked your team with all skill position players at the wide receiver, tight end, and running back, and you didn't get a quarterback, get somebody like Derek Carr that's going to give you consistent points. He's not going to shatter the roof and get you over the top, but you need somebody that is stable. And guys like Kirk Cousins and Derek Carr are great options there. If you want to take more of a chance, guys like Zach Wilson, who I absolutely love, if Zach Wilson is still available, go and add Zach Wilson. We've talked about this before. If you waited on quarterback and you're playing it safe, make sure you back up that quarterback with a potential boom player like a Trey Lance, a Justin Fields, or a Zach Wilson. If you've already drafted, Trey Lance and Justin Fields most likely aren't there because they're dual threat quarterbacks. They can kill you with the legs, and that's what you really want in fantasy football. You always want your quarterback to be able to move. He has to be mobile or be able to run the ball as well. And under the radar, Zach Wilson can do that. Zach Wilson has some wheels, and he's, in my opinion, the most accurate and fluid rookie quarterback coming out of this class. I know it's the Jets, but you have to erase everything you know about the Jets. Just wipe your brain clean. There's no more Adam Gase or shenanigans going on. There's a whole new coaching staff, and they're implementing this like San Francisco, Los Angeles Rams type offense into the Jets. And Zach Wilson is uber, uber talented. So again, if you're playing it safe, stash Zach Wilson as a backup and wait for him to blossom because he has potential to finish, you know, as a top 15, maybe even a top 10 quarterback. Another guy to add here on our rosters is Mac Jones of the New England Patriots. Especially if you plan to stream quarterbacks as your year goes on, Mac Jones has a phenomenal matchup against the Miami Dolphins in week one. Yes, I know the defense is tough, but Mac Jones should have ample time to throw the ball behind one of the best pass blocking lines in the league. Not just the best pass blocking line in the league, one of the best run blocking, just overall offensive lines in the entire league is the New England Patriots. And Miami doesn't really have fantastic pass rushers, so he should have enough time to stand behind that line, read all of his options, and dish the ball out appropriately. So I like Zach Wilson and Mac Jones as stashes to boom behind safe quarterbacks like Kirk Cousins or like Derek Carr. We always have options here. We always have people to pick up no matter how dry the well gets. It's just a matter of figuring out who it is and who's in the prime opportunity to succeed. Well, that's our show for today. I hope everyone took something away from the ad drops here. I know everyone just finished their drafts and it seems like there's not a lot of people out there or available for you to pick up, but there are and we want to stash our bench with potential and boom. Hopefully you didn't botch your draft that badly where we're looking for starters off of the waiver wire at this point, but you want all your dart throws on that bench to be just one spot away from taking over any starting position on a team. You won't want to miss tomorrow's episode. We're going to break down Thursday night football. We're going to talk about who you should be starting or sitting for tomorrow night's game. We'll talk about the betting line. I think it's at seven and a half or eight points as we are recording on Wednesday, September 8th. And then Friday's episode, again, the big episode. It's going to be my favorite episode every single week, weeks one through 18. And we'll take it into the playoffs if we have to. We are going to talk stardom, sit'em. We're going to talk my best bets. We're going to have a special guest on for his best bets. And we're going to have turtle power where we select our picks in the super contest. 
All great stuff coming up for this season. I'm very excited. Can't wait for you guys to listen to it. And if anybody has any fantasy questions regarding your lineup, who you should cut, who you should add, anything like that, feel free to hit me up or DM me on my Twitter handle at Talking Sunday. That's T A L K I N G, Talking Sunday, all one word on Twitter. I would love to give you any type of advice or any type of help that you might need. So, with that, We will talk to you tomorrow.